0: The following programme contains discussion of content some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccucpodcast. And now, for this week's episode... And welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's a bit of a special episode, and we're throwing straight over to Tegan Mulvaney. How are you, Tegan? I'm
1: great. How are you?
0: Pretty good. But I imagine you're even better, because... What film are we watching this week?
1: We're watching Happiness.
0: And the reason we're watching it is because this is your
1: 25th episode. Yes, I've bullied my way into 25 of these episodes, mm. which is pretty great. And I've picked <laughs> picked this film for us to watch.
0: Yes, uh, for <laughs> those who are new to the show, firstly, welcome. And secondly, uh, when our panellists uh, get to their 25th episode, they get to pick whatever film they want, yeah. and I can't say no. Yeah. So because of that, uh, we are watching Happiness. So I guess in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, Tegan, what is Happiness, and what can someone like myself and our other guest, who I'll introduce shortly, expect from the film? Um,
1: I hope that, well, I, I expect you to be quite fascinated with the film i hope you are mm-hmm. i hope you don't think i'm a pervert after you we watch this film as well because um it's one of those films where it, it's it's in like my top 10 films but you mm-hmm. know when you tell people it's one of your favorite films they're like are you a freak because not because it's a bad film but because of the content in the film right but it's a comedy okay. it's like it's the complete like epitome of black comedy subversive comedy and like messing with your audience i think it does it better than any other film in
0: existence all right well joining us as i guess who has not seen the film it's bradley clark everybody hey bradley (laughs) it's been quite a while since we've had you on in fact there's been a global pandemic since you were last on
2: yep i've been pretty much locked in a in a box between Mm. the last episode and this one Mm,
0: but now you're busting out of that box 20 20 something episodes later Mm -hmm. and you get to watch happiness um we've we've heard what to roughly expect and i'm in the same boat as you i have almost no idea what's about this film is about or what's in it so what are you expecting
2: um from what i've been told as the preface to this i'm expecting some confronting material um but it's a comedy like there's a few comedies out there that's like oh yeah it's about like these like really awful things oh but it's a comedy Mm. so i'm approaching it with that mindset of yeah like expecting just like some very dark humor um besides that i've purposefully not read literally anything to do with it that's fair i mean i'm I'm kind of in the same boat i've had to do
0: a little bit of research for for the things that come later on but i've tried to keep as much of it Uh, secluded from myself as possible because um because apparently it is quite the experience
1: i think so i mean i don't think it loses any of its it's what is it? 20 odd years
0: 22 years old. 22 years old
1: i don't think it loses any of its impact Mm -hmm. um and the content i yeah i i do i do respect that it could be a triggering film i think we talked about this a few times but um but it just like when you look at it as like a piece of filmmaking and a piece of writing, mm. it's just amazing.
0: Well, shall we watch Happiness? Yeah. then sounds good. Yes. Okay, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop in those DVDs and go get yourself an ice cream sundae as we watch Happiness. Welcome back everybody, we have just finished watching Happiness And by we, I of course mean Tegan Mulvaney Hello And Bradley Clark Yo Bradley, that was your first time watching Happiness What did you think?
2: That is a very broad question (laughs) For a film with a lot to talk about Yeah,
0: so this was my first time watching it as well as we established at the beginning And I kind of feel like we should both just kind of take a deep breath in
1: you are good, guys? And back out. needed need, need some therapy? I think... Because there's a therapist, in, there's a psych in oh, yeah, the... Yeah. In the yeah. He's, he's clearly
2: be... very good
0: at his job.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a lot to discuss with this film. And um, the the first thing I can say is, I can see why you picked it, Tegan. Thank because, you. Thank God. <laughs> because it is fascinating. Yeah. It is, it is, mm. that, that's kind of the thing I've come away with, is I'm feeling a lot of things... Mm. But Fascinated is definitely one of them. This is a very, very interesting film. Do
1: you understand the fear of showing, the trepidation of showing this to other people? Um, Mm. Because you don't want people to think that you're getting off on the... The atrocities in the film. Yeah. It's not well, yeah. that at it, all.
2: It's kind of like telling people about um Leon the Professional, if you've seen that film. Yes. Being like, Yeah, Leon the Professional is a really good film. Blatant pedophilia yes. in that film. Yeah. But like it,
1: it's just a good movie. That's <laughs> it. Movie.
2: Yeah. And
0: I mean the whole way through, um, one of the things that I kept saying I was turning to you, Tegan, and saying, Tegan, this is just reminding me of the Australian film that your sister Kate Mulvaney is in, um, <laughs> the, the Little Death, the Little Death. and I hadn't more.
1: put the two together, but it's so as you after you said that, I was like, well, yes, not and content-wise, obviously, it's very a lot of sexual content in it, yeah. But just the way the vignettes are set up and the stories are told and mm. pieced together nicely, yeah. Um, instead, well, and Dylan Baker's also. In Hunters with my sister too, so that's a there little, is that little, yes, little
0: link to it. A nice little link. But yeah, yeah, it's it's very like that. It's it, but the thing is, obviously, happiness came first, mm. and just trying to put this film in nineteen ninety eight, like you know, I'm pretty sure, like A Bug's Life was on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you look at you look. I'm just trying to place it in like that 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 sort of pantheon of of theater, and I can see why you would have that concern Mm. i can also see why when um we we said we were going to be doing happiness we we have a a sort of little forum where um all of our guests can can interact and find out what films we're doing and we had a really massively positive reaction from robert woods because he was just like yes this is such an interesting film um
1: it's from that era of like um Uh, experimental, like almost experimental mainstream. So, you know, like films like Punch Drunk Love where Adam Sandler's trying his hand at quirky comedy and um, adaptation and Ghost World. And, you know, we were coming into that sort of late 90s, early 2000s era of filmmaking. Mm. And I think this sits right at the start of that. There's so much Mm. of this film that I feel has probably influenced how those films are shot.
0: In a sense this film felt a little bit like but very different from the type of stuff that you were getting slightly earlier in the decade from someone like um like Quentin Tarantino in terms of something like Jackie Brown was was you know a film which although much more I guess mainstream Mm. by by comparison to something like this it has that kind of like that that slice of life nature that did seem to be from from the time period um, that people were trying to bring in. And the idea of bringing it in and then just layering it with all of this stuff that would have been incredibly shocking and still is quite shocking. Yeah. Like the, the sequence with um, the character of Bill yeah. in the park with the gun just shooting people at having yeah. a picnic, uh, you know, having a, a mass shooting being depicted. And for him, he's just sort of experiencing it and is kind of like relieved when it's done and then you find out it's part of a dream but still the way it's shot and the way it's mm. pictured is like is very very effective i i don't I, I don't know like i just keep having flashes of things that stand out from this film like like little almost traumatic flashbacks <laughs> to to events that took place um and, and Bradley, I i suppose we should start the beginning with that wonderful scene oh um with with John lovitz as Andy uh oh yeah breaking up with Joy
2: yeah well joy, joy. breaking up with him
0: i oh, yes. joy breaking <laughs> up with Andy yes
1: a key key
2: point yes actually yeah that does actually yeah that does end up changes being a good point. The story. I i thought it was a it definitely sets up expectations for the film um pretty well uh with the way that he just like absolutely shoots her down yeah. after she uh dumps him um, we don't really have the context of the relationship before it, but it's, it's very clear that he was like, he was pretty ready to, you know, fully just start showering her with gifts and the affection that he had and stuff like that. But yeah, she just was not into it. Mm. Um, though, I don't know if her taste in men is entirely, um, <laughs> <laughs> entirely ideal throughout the course of the film, but yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have a great time, but she's... she's She doesn't
1: deserve a great time either. She's No. Like, I I just had this thought process of... I wonder if that uneasy feeling and that kind of, you know, satisfaction that people get from this film is the fact that you're desperately trying to search for your protagonist. You're definitely trying to search for your character that Mm. you sit with and root for, for the whole film. Yeah. And they never, ever, you know, come to life yeah it might be joy because she's you know it, like because she's so you know ingenue sort of mm. stylized, but she's also terrible she's a horrible person as well mm. with how she she's so you know when she's when she's having that conversation with with vlad in the car and she's talking to him about you know and our culture this is the way things are yeah. there's such a disassociation from the way the
0: world works or it, she's quite sheltered. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But she's chosen to be that way. So yeah. it, it makes her quite an unpleasant person. The The wife, um, Bill's wife, oh, I love her so much. Yeah. and she, But she's problematic. Every single person that you want to mm. feel for, you then go, oh, why did you do that or say that? Or-? And
0: I think it's really well woven throughout the film where you don't hate them the whole way through. Like yes. even the character of Bill, who I think is... Probably the most reprehensible character. Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, pretty much the reason why this podcast has a content warning at the beginning. Because Mm. he's a serial rapist of children. Yes. And that is depicted in a way...
1: It's depicted through his understanding of his sickness. Yeah. Like, there's beautiful music and there's violins playing when he Mm -hmm. sees... Uh, Johnny for the first time and, yeah. you know
0: all, all of that sort of stuff is really confronting mm. um, but the thing is is he is not depicted as a character who is 100% an awful person he's he, depicted as an illness yeah he, and he, he I mean he's depicted as someone that attempts to have a positive relation about um not so much sex, but Mm. about um, the sort of male sex organs with his son, Billy. Um, But then arguably those conversations are also maybe the worst things in the film because you know that Billy is getting advice from someone who has this extremely abhorrent um, sexual predilection and behaviour.
1: And they always turn towards the end of their conversations. They always have, you know, when he says, do you want me to measure or do you want me to show you? and it's, you know, with without that context, it's a potentially pre- precious moment between a father and son who have a healthy relationship yeah. when talking about this sort of stuff. But because of the context behind it, as soon as those phrases come into it, you go, oh my God, where where is this going to go?
0: I don't know about yourself, Brad, but I would like to know, um, how frequently did you feel as though your tummy was on a roller coaster because of the sort of like emotional jerking around that was happening.
2: man. I kind of got to the point halfway through the film where I just stopped allowing myself to have positive expectations of conversations that were happening. Mm. Because it does, like... By by the film's own design, it does get to the point where it is... Like, each character's story in each of their scenes um, is very much set to set an expectation with the viewer so for bill um a lot of it is uh the expectation that like at at the start of the film before he starts actually enacting upon his thing um that he has these thoughts but uh maybe he might not follow through with them maybe like something might happen then of course he does you know you've got um uh sex pest character what's his name again Oh, um, Alan, Alan. Oh, yeah. You've got you've got Alan um, calling, um, you know, the his his neighbor over and over again, and you think that might lead to some sort of positive-ish, like some sort of release, like release of tension between the two of them. But ultimately, it still just fizzles out anyway. Mm. Um, I personally ended up getting a bit desensitized to it partway through the film because yeah. of that. Mm. It is very much a film that like like brings you up and then kind of slaps you back down mm. yeah um and i i suppose i suppose that's good because that's what the film's trying to do but i don't know It kind of it's, kinda, it's kinda, really difficult it, it messed with my ability to try to empathize with the characters did you find yourself empathizing because i just
1: hearing what you're saying i'm kind of mm. it made me think about who i was potentially empathizing with at times did you did you find any
2: Ugh oh, I actually ended up not finding anyone to empathize with. Like, by, the, by the end of the thing, I was like, there, there's that line at the end of the film where one of the characters says, oh, maybe if I'd gotten to know her a bit better, maybe we would have found that we had something in common. Mm. Very not so subtle, just kind of like wink, wink, nod, nod to the, to the viewer. But yeah, I found by the end of it, I was just like, oh, I don't empathize with any of these people. Mm. I empathize with Billy because
0: yeah. I feel as though he, he is kind of the one character that it's okay gets to complete their goal because he, he and again, something you don't often see in film is a young male character who is trying to, you know, is, is starting to go through puberty mm-hmm. and is trying to have these discussions and discoveries about sex. And he wants to uh, ejaculate. like yeah. he, he, And he's like everyone else at school has and, this other kid says he's got an 11-inch wiener and all these kind of things. Like, you know, the stuff that when you're a kid and you have all this misinformation about what sex is and what, you know, your your genitals are meant to be doing at certain times in your life. I think the fact that he went through this traumatic experience with his dad and all of his sexual experience in terms of with the film is framed through conversations with his father, yeah, which mm-hmm. are extremely problematic. But then right at the end of the film, he is perving on a lady who is sunbathing but he successfully ejaculates and kind of like he he completes that through line and he's maybe the only person I didn't feel completely against completing that objective. I think that's fair. Yeah.
1: I find that scene you know it's horrifically comic but then it's quite sad because he's turning to that family this family of
0: just very Troubled, broken people. Troubled,
1: broken people who can't be honest with themselves in mm. any sense of the word. And that's what he's got to guide him through life.
0: Yeah. And In a sense, he, it, it really feels like he only really had the connection with his father, Bill. Yeah. And Bill's gone.
1: Yeah. And Even this, that, when I said, like, the scene that always gets me, I've seen this film probably 50 times. And the scene where the dad is confessing because mm. he just can't lie to his son, yeah, is so intense, but the context behind that where everyone is lying to everyone else, and that man's whole life is a lie where you know when the cops when it come to the door and they go, "We want to ask you about um, Johnny what's his name Johnny Faso
0: like, yeah, I think I think Johnny so.
1: Faso, and he goes um, did something like he's you know." he's the preparation that goes through his head to then, and even then at the start when he's, um, when he's there with Alan at the start and Alan's talking about being boring mm. and he's reading through his shopping list in his yeah. head, but he's keeping the facade going. Like they set it up mm-hmm. right from the start that this man knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. And this is a dangerous path he's on. Yeah. But the fact he can't do it to his son.
0: Yeah. <sighs> and like when his son asks about, you know, did, did you have sex with Johnny Grasso? Did you have sex with, Rudy Farber or whatever the other kid's yeah, name. Yeah, Ronald, Ronald, Ronald. Ronald that we don't meet. and the yeah the fact that he, he he just tells the truth, mm. and I think that's he, like and, even, and that's the catalyst and, for the but,
1: but, marriage breakdown because then yeah. the next thing is they're all leaving, and then we go to six months later. It's but, like, well, this is the catalyst.
0: It's even to his detriment in terms of like within that scene, because then his son asks like you know the the logical question mm. of would you. You know, would you fuck me? Is what mm. gets said, and he goes, "No," I jerk but, off but yeah, but I jerk off, which is such an awful thing to say. Yeah, but it's also following that through line of he is being one hundred percent truthful with his son, mm. and that is, I mean, it's it's admirable on paper if you value truth, but at the same time, like that is not something a, a parent should be saying to their child. That's yet. right and i can really see why this was such a hard film for me to track down on dvd it is <laughs> it is not in jb hi-fi anywhere oh, like yeah. and and but like it's
1: having said that if you obviously clearly you're probably listening to this because you've tracked it down because mm. that's the point of the podcast but if you haven't it's so worth a watch it is yeah
0: it's it's definitely worth watch going into it knowing that it is it is it's a heavy load. Yeah. This is not Guardians of the Galaxy. You can't park your brain at the door. This yep. is mm. you are coming in, and you're probably not going to have a good time, but you are. <laughs> but going... you won't have a bad time. No, because it's an excellently well-made film. Mm. I think the use of music in oh this film God. is is, yes. a, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, switching between the diegetic and non-diegetic. <laughs> Big fan of the recorder sections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they 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 did stand out a little bit um but, but yeah i i think the music was was used really well i think the the choice of the choice of shots was really interesting in in terms of the way things that were pretty normal looking were made to look slightly sort of weird and otherworldly but without like being at weird angles it was just specific framing they also
1: like, did things like um Everyone was sleeping on a tiny bed, Did you see, on all the scenes. Everyone, where there's two people in a bed, they're yeah. on this tiny, tiny single, like king singles or double beds. Mm. Like, those choices just accentuate the, the claustrophobia of yeah. the film. And
0: the wallpaper, the, the, the wallpaper, the is... busyness
1: <laughs> of the background. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it was very, you know, 1990s, but even so. Like I was, I was just like I, I'm feeling dizzy watching this, and I don't think it's just because this film is is challenging me. Where like we skip from you know, oh okay, this is the father who's uh, starting to have um, or starting to act out on who knows how long he's had these like feelings towards minors um, of a sexual nature to Philip Seymour Hoffman just making obscene phone calls and saying <laughs> truly horrendous things to random women, yeah, um, and yet. I wanted to see what was gonna to happen to his character. I didn't necessarily sit there going, man, Alan, what a great guy. But I didn't hate him. I wasn't against him, yeah. I, like completely. I was like, a bit of me was hoping that he might meet someone that would help him sort of learn and also just help him to not be alone. I think there's yeah. this tremendous amount of loneliness throughout yeah. this film, which I think is maybe the one true villain of the film. Yeah. Is, is loneliness itself
1: that's where like getting back to that empathy idea like i feel for i find myself empathizing for christina
0: yeah the dormant murderer i love her
1: <laughs> i feel for her i don't know if um i don't know what if something resonates like deeply within the mm. character with you know she with the you know what she talks about about feeling so ugly and alone you know mm. i think we've you know, a lot of people have had those moments in their lives mm. where they feel like that. Yeah. Um, and just that speech that um, it was a crime of passion. I'm a passionate woman. Yeah. <laughs> <Like it's,
0: laughs> I mean, it's, it, it is funny, but at the same time, it's, it's heartbreaking. And oh, film absolutely. It does, does an amazing job of, of walking that line. I mean, Christina was someone who I was like, you know what? She was, she she was raped. Mm. and I um, I, did, I didn't I did find myself going, no, not Pedro when she no. broke his neck. I was like, that's probably, like, I don't know if it's fair, but I, I certainly don't think it's bad that she did that, even though, you know, fundamentally, I'm not someone who's pro-murder, <laughs> just in general. <laughs> um, but, like, it's these, it, it does such a good job of just taking all of these different characters. You know what it is? It's like if Seinfeld wasn't funny, that's that's almost exactly oh, what that's... it is. It's it's that thing of like hmm. Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not a fan of Seinfeld
2: <laughs> by any chance. It's a, it's a bit out of my um my my cerebral ability. Yeah. I, I feel like it comes I'm from that same enough. world though. Yeah, like, yeah. The the whole idea behind Seinfeld was that
0: all of those characters were terrible people and they they always got their comeuppance at the end of episodes yeah. in one way or another. Like George yeah. would be really particular about something and that would end up costing him uh, within the 24 minutes of the episode. I feel as though it's that idea, but just like stripped of any element of like Kramer walking through the, through the door funny. That's all gone. It's all desperate and dark and alone and just like... Beautiful. And uh, Yeah, but it is strangely compelling. Yeah.
2: I think to, to kind of like analyse this film... Um, Because, you know, with every story, there's a point behind it, even if that point is that there is no point. Um, And in this film, there's multiple stories. We've got, you know, we've got Joy trying to find love and also find a purpose in her life. We've got Alan um, trying to... You know,
1: he can't touch this woman yeah, that he-
2: there, there's like a woman that he's after mm. um, and it's this kind of situation of him just trying to figure out like what he wants to do in terms of like his intimacy because mm. when he then finally does meet someone who practices some level of like friendship or intimacy with him it's not the kind that he's after at least as far as he's aware we've got um that same woman sorry i'm terrible with names in a film i'm just
0: trying to remember them
2: i've I've got a cast list i'll try and match as we go (laughs) um oh yeah and then you know that same woman who the doorman yeah the doorman murderer um christine who like has her whole story of like her confrontation with the doorman um and then confiding in him uh we have bill the pedophile um we have his wife Trish Trish and her whole kind of wrangling her her sisters who clearly don't respect her the same way that they respect each other yeah and then her husband who hasn't been intimate with her for a while even though clearly mm. she wants to be intimate with him um mm. uh, we've got jeez oh there's the like got Lenny yeah yeah Lenny and um and Mona Mona the,
0: and the, Diane fans. The yeah like they, they the, felt I, I, I liked what we explored with them. I did think that maybe we could have had less.
2: Or even, Possibly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I,
1: underst- I think it's the interge- intergenerational thing that they're showing yeah. with them. And I find their story very sad as well. Like oh, it's, this, a man it's who just funny. wants to die and a woman who can't un- just feels like she's done something wrong to yeah, make but... herself be unloved it... by him.
2: I think it's almost meant to be a counterpoint to a lot of the other characters because mm. um, the husband is an individual who, unlike the rest of the entire cast, actively wants to be alone. Yes, And yes. that's what he's looking for. Mm. So I feel like this is where you can kind of look at the um, the intent and the the point of each of the stories being told. Um and it doesn't have to be positive. Like mm. we don't have to look at um, Bill and be like, "Hmm, serial rapist." Turns out, at their core, he's actually a pretty nice guy. Nothing like that. Yes. Mm. But um, from from what I take away from it after watching it once, I feel like this is a film I'm actually going to have to go and rewatch mm. um, at least you know a couple more times to kind of fully wrap my head around all the stories. But we can kind of pick up on. Um, with the, with the elderly couple, um, the thing that they're saying there is it is possible to choose to separate yourself from a relationship. Mm-hmm. And while it's clear that, um, the wife, you know, has a lot of issues with it cause you know, she doesn't understand it still doesn't demonize the husband for wanting yes. to break it up.
1: Very true. It, yeah. it,
2: for me, it very much said it's okay to be alone if yeah. that's what you want.
1: And it was nice that it wasn't... It, it was for that reason. Not for anything else. It's just... He's done.
2: Yeah.
0: Know. I found it so sad at the end of the film when all five of the adult characters, the Jordan family, are together for the first time that we've seen the film. And they're all just individually broken. But his way of depicting that was just pouring salt onto his plate because it was the one thing that was said to him when he was watch like... Watch the salt. You're going to live to 100. Just watch the soul." And he's just... Lathering it on the food Like get me out of here And I was like oh Lenny <laughs>
1: But also it shows that he can't Like he can't do it himself Like he can't top himself Yeah There's also that side to it It's like He just wants to go I had a an old neighbour like this We used to have an old lady That lived next door to us And she lived to 97 mm. And from the age of about 86 She wanted to die She was so bored she just wanted to go and she mm. lasted nine more years mm. and i remember i that i feel like that with him like mm. she's not to the point it wasn't to a point of it wasn't like depression where it was you know a, a, a need to not be not exist anymore mm. it was just this she was con, she was content with what she'd done she just wanted out mm. and she couldn't and she had the bloody weight and it sucked she hated it yeah and you feel like i watched that Thinking of her when I was watching him and going, it doesn't ever approach the, the idea of him committing suicide or wanting to, mm. do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. still wants to, he still wants to take care of his family. He, he still yeah. does what they ask of him and yeah. he still lives that role of a father. It, he's it's, just sick of it.
0: Yeah. He, he's not idolizing suicide. No. He's not, he's not going like, oh, one day if I'm, you know, I'm just going to stand on the edge of this road. Let's yeah. see if it happens. He's, it's more just going, it, it's more like the fire has gone out. Yeah. It's like when when, when he, he says, "I feel nothing." Yeah, when he has sex with Diane, which like is probably Diane. the first person he's had sex with that wasn't his wife in forty years. Yeah, and he just goes, "I feel nothing," and it's he's he's just the yeah the fire has gone out. Mm. He is,
1: and even that with Diane because she's talking about doesn't she doesn't want to die alone, and then yeah. he says he feels nothing, and then she has a stroke. Yeah, and you yeah. go, "Oh, it's just."
0: Mm. I yeah. I I one of the characters. I'm a bit uncertain of how to kind of process and i, I it was most of them but but specifically uh helen
1: is that lara Flynn Boyle's yeah. character
0: yeah the the sort of uh living the, the the high life of being a a poet that talks about like rape at 11 she and rape at 12, 12 and then she has such that, a hack yeah i'm not entirely sure like i, I like the character Love i loved character. her interactions with her sisters yeah but she I, i'm not entirely sure What to think of her I don't know if you
2: had any thoughts on it Brad I feel like Okay So I'm gonna be honest I feel like There's A lot of characters in this movie Some of them get a lot more screen time than the others Namely Bill and Joy I would say they get the most screen time And as a result There are some other characters Who While I can see they've been included in the film Might not have needed to be in As much as They were Mm. Helen is one of them I feel I know I don't know I don't know if that's like a controversial thing or not but I I feel like Helen in her scene talking to her sister was like good but then kind of then her back and forth with Alan I understand why it was necessary because Alan's another character who has this whole progression of interacting with her and then you know there's the whole flop of you know them finally meeting like oh I don't know i feel like what what did we learn from her like the from from what i was saying earlier you know what's the point of each of the arcs what is helen's point other than to at the end of the film deliver the trademark you know oh maybe if i just got to know her better we might find we have something in common
1: i for me i feel like it's the, all those three existers co- sisters coexist together coexisters I was about to say coexisters, co-existers <laughs> sisters um, i be, i feel like they all represent elements of of i don't know if it, of if it's just um, related to fem- like what it, what's expected of, the, uh, of a like, female,
2: um, female accomplishment. Yeah, you've got one that's satisfying in terms of career, one that's satisfying in terms of family, and one that's and not one that's satisfied. A, a dreamer. Yeah.
1: Um. Who, which, um, like they're all such cliches, and none of them are happy. Mm. Everyone wants what the other one has. Those, yeah. the two conversations that those sisters have, the one that Helen has with Joy. And the one that she has with, um, sorry, the one that um, Trish has with Joy, and the one that Trish has with Helen, Hmm. they're two of my favourite scenes because of the. You see the dynamics between three highly, three sisters, two highly competitive, Hmm. and one who's clearly always just been seen as the, the side project. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a, I think it's a, it's a really nice, cliched family of female dynamics within a family, sisters, mm-hmm. but also a three child family. I think they work that kind of has that kind of element as well where there's mm-hmm. a there's a child that's you'd assume the middle child that's mm-hmm. kind of the one that's a bit forgotten. And
0: and that is Helen. Yeah. Yeah, she she is the mid, the middle child and I, I think maybe the thing that she does do is that she represents that loneliness that comes with the fact that she achieved her goals and they didn't fulfill her yeah um you know she is a successful author but she's still doubting herself despite the fact that she's 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 also
1: an author that like that's creating content from falsehoods from things Mm. that she doesn't she hasn't experienced yeah um and i think there's a lot to be said in the arts you know there's there's a lot of I work with stand-ups a lot, and there's a lot of stand-up com- comedians out there who try and be controversial, or they try and be, um, you know, they try and talk about the matters of the day because they think that's what the public wants. It's mm. not because they truly believe in it. Yeah. And I think you really get an eye and an ear for it because you can, you can see that someone is just creating content because that's what's going to make them commercially su- successful. But a little bit oh, did you hear what he just said sort of thing? Mm, yeah. Um, I think she's representing that sort of culture. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's that scene where, with her and Alan where he...
0: Reaches the hand out.
1: And he can't touch her.
0: Yeah.
1: And she's realising that she had this thing built up in her head that some big, macho, dirty, filthy biker hobo was going to come in and rape her. mm Again, going back to the little death that idea of you, you know yeah, you can't idea. you can't stage a rape <laughs> is was one of the most controversial parts, parts of, that of that film because yeah. it was the, that was um that got it banned from a lot of places the mm. fact that it had that as part of its content. Yeah. Um I think I've gone off track here, but I I don't know, they all resonate for me as mm. a female for different reasons and there's a female in the arts and the kid and mm. So
0: this film has obviously got some very heavy content and was quite difficult to track down uh, as, you know, someone that goes out and buys films at least (laughs) once a month. um, Usually most films that we talk about on this programme are relatively easily accessible and this one was less so. And similarly, um, like you say, um, The Little Death, um, or a little f had um, had issues because it dealt with one of the subject matters in that film is about yes. a woman whose sexual fantasy is to be raped and her and her boyfriend essentially exploring what that actually means um, and I, I personally think having seen that film that film actually deals with that topic really well and, Absolutely. I, and I feel like this film in, in, a, in a similar vein it 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 is a film that is exploring massively, massively complicated and heavy topics but in no way, at least for me at least, I don't think at no point did I come out of this going, man they are really making pedophilia look okay.
1: Absolutely they're
0: not. But I suppose it's I, I, I feel like I'm forming an opinion that it is it is not a good thing that a film like this is so hard to access yeah and i get that it's like r-rated absolutely like an 18 year old anyone under 18 shouldn't be seeing this film i feel like anyone under the age of 28 shouldn't be seeing this film (laughs) like it's like i feel like you really i'm really glad that i'm approaching this film in my 30s as opposed Mm. to any younger because i feel like there is just so much there, and yes, Brad. I Yeah, know it would
2: you... be tragic to approach this film <laughs> younger than thirty.
0: Yes, yes, babyface Brad over there is is younger. But uh, do you agree? Like, like if you'd seen this as an eighteen-year-old?
2: Oh yeah, um, just like it covers topics that if you don't have a certain level of maturity about, I can see how it would be very hard to take away. Um, not necessarily a positive message Because it doesn't really have a positive message in the mm. film But like Oh jeez I'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of me at 18 Yeah oh, Well I did
1: see this at 17 oh. First time I saw this I don't yeah. know if that helps
2: yeah. Did you I don't know how I'm doing air quotes as I say <laughs> this How how woke you were I don't think time. I was
1: very woke at all I was very f- I was obsessed with film. So that's why I watched this film. Um, I'd heard about Todd Solins, the director. and Mm. um, I don't know if I was the most woke person. Um, But I feel for me the watching, the the, the shift has changed into why I would watch this film. I Mm. don't think I ever watched it and thought how funny they're making comedy about this sort of stuff. Mm. But I think the shock value of it Again, going, you know, think of like watching a Tarantino film for the first time and how the, you know, the, what was seen then as brutal um, violence was seen as shocking. So, because yeah. um, I watch Tarantino films now and I'm like, eh, I don't, <laughs> my, I've transitioned away from that. I don't find it anything brilliant anymore. But as I watch this, like I said, I've probably watched this film countless times and my, my drive to watch it again changes. It's not for the shock value. It's not to show friends and go, check this out. This is like, check out this intense film. It's, um, it's more to appreciate what it is, what it does, what it says, but mostly how it says it. Mm. Um, and I think it still resonates again. I think, you know, things are cyclical. And I think this film is so, unashamedly against that American dream that middle-class dream yeah. that's and I think that's what it says all through when you when um Todd Solons when the writers the directors have all been ad- have all been interviewed about this film it was I think one of the number one goals was to just rip the shit out of it yeah um and I think that that still is quite prevalent even you think now, like how fucked America is. I'm guessing we can swear in this one because it has content oh, yeah. it's, warnings it's, at the start got, of it. Yeah,
0: you, trust me. The fact that we're saying fuck is the least of your yeah. problems with this one. Fuck the cunt of Russia. It's yeah. We fact. haven't even spoken about Vlad No, yet. we haven't spoken about yeah. Vlad.
1: Um, I find... I find it like we, we're seeing America, that facade of America being torn down for Americans as we speak like 150,000 people in America have died of covid at this point because but because there is a blindsiding to the facts and to the truth and how fucked their world is and a film like this kind of should be played on loop i think <laughs> in on you know on HBO or cable <laughs> or something or like PBS and then just so you can it just has so much to say about what yeah. we don't say.
2: Yeah, the the kind of destruction of the American dream that you said, I think, is a very... I'd say if you kind of ignored the individual storylines of all the characters, because it's so easy to get lost in that, and then you kind of put them all together to make one cohesive kind of um, message in the story, it's that all of the things that are sold as being ideal in life. Mm. Um, Like, you know, having a good job, having a family, you know, the, the search for sexual gratification, the search for romantic gratification, you know, like the desire to not be alone, the desire to be alone. All of those things are presented as good in some way, regardless of how warped they might be from individual to individual. But it's clear that even though they're sold to us, they might not be what you're actually looking for. Yeah.
0: And I think the juxtaposition of joy against Vlad and mm. having this non-American perspective uh, and, you know, this is happiness. So even Vlad's not a great character. He's, uh, he beats his spouse and he's a thief. He's upfront about being a thief, but in much the same way that being upfront about being a pedophile doesn't make you a better person. Yeah. Um, but like they have that contrast where you know they 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 talk about a little bit the difference between the american system and systems elsewhere and even with that contrast this this american dream is it's a dream that that's yeah. all that it is it's a complete fabrication and I think that the set dressing is designed to do that, with with the fact that, you know, oh look at this home, look at the wallpaper that looks like it's monstrous. Like
1: just Vlad wearing an I Love New Jersey T shirt. Yeah. Like there's little things like that through it that you just go hmm.
0: And even so cool one of the other characters that I think really exemplifies like someone who is in that system and is caught in it is Joe Grosso, Johnny's dad, yeah. the sports coach. Who's like worried about the fact his son might be gay. Mm. Um and, you know, confides in about that but still loves his son still loves well yeah he loves him but he's you know he's got this like frustration of but what do we do if he's gay like you know he has that panic and also i worry that he's
1: caused it he's like what have i done like you can see Mm. the when he does that you know that hilarious should i get him a professional yeah he's 11 ah no it's too late like yeah um he he there's a there's a guilt in there there shouldn't be
0: yeah but but the guilt comes from the image of the the dream the that's dream it. is that yeah. you know this is a society which is part of the dream is that you're that's heteronormative it. and he's going and he's, oh, he's no. like he
1: plays baseball he's a sports kid he's my you know this guy's clearly a big tough coach yeah it's like i've done everything right and this thing that's not that's painted as wrong yeah
0: and like the, the way he snaps in that that scene in the hospital oh. is, is heartbreaking and like mm-hmm. it's 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 that thing where it's like actually you know joe joe is a character i think you can side with relatively comfortably Mm. even though he's clearly got some like homophobia issues
1: but joe will you would you would you think i look at joe and i go you will get over your homophobia issues Mm.
0: like he still loves this like the fact that he is calling and saying you're a dead man man. and presumably did the graffiti and things like Mm. that like like this is presumably somebody who at the very least has has an as a connection to his son yeah. has some level of love. And
1: Johnny Grasso is painted that relationship between him and his son is painted as quite um quite a good a solid father and son relationship from a distance obviously they yeah. don't really explore that there there's probably a lot to explore in that. I mean
0: that. he ha- he has a go at him in the sport in the sporting arena in the baseball thing oh, that's the beginning. True, he, does. he he does do that don't, but yeah. so you know it's not that's portrayed true. as this like perfect relationship but oh, it, I think no. it is still portrayed as like He's a father who cares about his kid, yeah,' he's and just
1: not, but because but again, yeah. like it's systemic because of the role you know what he's been shown, mm. I think that's again that's where um, Mona and Lenny come into it is it shows that there's a whole other generation that we're mm. not even exploring in this that mm. causes these reactions in this generation that's then going to cause the reactions in the next generation,
0: yeah and I think one of the other nice things before we move on to trivia. Um, is Mona being shown by the real estate lady that there's life after divorce. I have a bit of a feeling that Mona might be okay. Like, of the five, of the Jordans that we see, I think she's probably the one that is the closest to being okay, even though she is obviously very sad that her marriage for 40 years is coming to Mm -hmm. an end. She's someone that starts to strive for that independence, and in much the same way that Joe is shown as, like, He's okay with being alone, but not, I guess, for healthy reasons. Yeah. She is someone that is starting to come to terms with that. Um, someone who is starting to maybe she might get out okay in terms of like she might be someone that so. that could cope with the the living alone or even moving on and finding somebody else if that's what she chose to do. She's
1: just got to get another fucking facelift. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I really loved um like her having that that conversation with the real estate agent yeah. who was like i've been there honey it happens you, you, like it does there is life after divorce it does get better and i think there's those little moments of hope which really make all the kicks in the dick that much <laughs> harder um would you guys like some trivia about happiness lay it on us all right uh, all of this trivia is sourced from imdb so if it's not true don't blame me uh the first bit of trivia is that Philip Seymour Hoffman based his character, Alan, off Ralph Reed, the founder of the Christian Coalition and a Republican politician. Oh, my God. <laughs> he ran in to um, Ralph Reed, and Ralph Reed told Philip that uh, his favorite movie of his was Happiness. <gasps> he had no idea that Philip Seymour Hoffman had based the character off him. Amazing.
1: How did he get... Like, is there inside knowledge that he had, or is it just the look and the...
2: I'm, I'm guessing it's judging. Yeah, judging by the breathing, <laughs> if they ran into each other. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, hey, oh, Philip,
0: oh, you're, you're real good. I love that heavy breathing guy. He was great. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: I loved your tie.
0: I, I do have to say I really liked when he was talking to the man in the office who was talking about the sports that he'd clearly not watched and he does a little nervous like tie, <laughs> like a little um, Laurel and Hardy thing where he just flips the he tie. He does
1: that in the scene where in, in the, right at the start when he's talking to, the, to um, Bill as well. Yeah, he yeah. does that too.
0: He's, he's, yeah, I really just loved that. I just thought it was such <laughs> a cute little affectation. Um, this film had a sequel. Uh, mm. In 2009 called Life During Wartime In which every returning character Was played by a different actor mm. uh, Tegan, you have seen that film No I haven't oh, I haven't just you? know that there's a sequel I Sorry it was just a lot it. of nodding I was like yeah. oh right
1: No I, I know that it, I just haven't seen it But I know that stuff about it Patrick uh, who does this podcast a lot as well yeah. He's seen it He was telling me about it Because um, I made him watch Happiness <laughs> Right When we were dating mm. <laughs> It's like watch this film yeah. <laughs> It's a great date night film Let's watch this one. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And you, you guys are together still? Uh, right? No, we're oh, not. Oh, <laughs> okay. <right. Just laughs> but Julie but we're
1: buddies, it's fine.
0: It's true, yes. But yeah, just saying, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this for a date night. Particularly if you've been married for 40 years, one of you might get an Yeesh. idea of going, oh, I can just quit, but great. Um, Jack Black was considered for the role of Alan in this film.
2: I, I could see that. I can see it.
0: I wouldn't have liked it. I mean, in fairness, it's it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like he's he's an incredible actor, and I think he's just really really good in this role. Mm. But I think Jack Black could have potentially done it quite well. I don't think he could have done it as well.
1: I think he would have been good, but there's something about the understatement of Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that role. Like
2: um, oh, I just want to say. His drunk acting, oh my god, was amazing. Yeah, it's like he he'd been drunk a lot before. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I see so much drunk acting in mm. films, and it's just like I am drunk. Watch me stumble. Mm. Like the way he gets out of bed is just so perfect. Yeah, like really, just I like, mean,
1: it just pukes and
0: pukes. Yeah, pukes. yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah, just just the the little stagger, the way he's like his pants are hanging down a bit, and he's like not sure what to do with them. We've all been there, guys. Like, it's... He, mm. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I, know we joke, and it's very sad that he's no longer with us. He's he's so good in this, though. He's, It's just an incredible... Two player. of
1: my favorite films from this era is this in Punch Drunk Love, and he's in both of those. Yeah. And he plays the f- most fucked characters in both of those, I think, <laughs> as well. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? I have not. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that'll be my 50th <laughs> <laughs> once equally as hard to get on tvd oh great but that's a beautiful
0: film yeah um actually john lovitz was also considered for the part of alan and i love john lovitz but no, he
1: needed to be he had to be andy andy
0: that's yeah. for the woman i love because <laughs> <laughs> you're shit and i'm champagne oh. but the thing is like even john lovitz who is oh normally... joy
1: i'm not sure i'm <laughs> sorry molly shannon's little carrier.
0: oh yeah oh she was great so good but it's, um even, even John Lovitz, who's normally somebody who I love for his like scenery chewing type cameos, like his cameo in The Wedding Singer, where he's just like looking at Adam Sandler's character, messing it up. And he goes, uh, something along the lines of like, oh, it's bad for him, but the benefits are mine. And then it goes behind a curtain. He's just.
1: My favorite is in Loaded Weapon, which is a piss take of Lethal Weapon. Mm. And it's Emilio Estevez is in that film. And he just comes out of nowhere and they're trying to diffuse a bomb and he goes hey have you seen Heart shots don't you think it's weird that you're doing this and he's doing that and just like full-on reference to charlie shane mm. also doing a stupid parody film yeah and then they just blow him up but it's just
0: beautifully <laughs> done uh well speaking of blowing up um there was originally in the in the original screenplay of this a bomb uh, just to make things that bit more interesting. Wow. It was sent in a package to Bill's house after his family leaves him <gasps> and it blew him up killing him in the original version of the script. Oh.
1: Wow. Maybe they... I'm glad they didn't put that in there because I think that would martyr the character a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't need a redemption. You need to think that he's going to jail for a very long time and he's got a very nasty evil court process to go through and the... There's, there's. It's the unsaid of that that works.
2: I I also feel like it's so. It's such a cop out to have a character who's portrayed as bad or evil just be killed. Absolutely. It's, it's very like he is dead, and so are his ideals with mm. him. Yeah. It's a very like oh we killed him. We're on your side, audience. Yeah. The
1: the realism of it would have been lost, I think, as well because you that's too far out of the realms of reality mm. for me. Yeah.
0: I, I think certainly for what this film portrayed, yeah. um, it, it tried to stay grounded so much in, in what American life was like at that time. And I think, yeah, having a, a house bomb, even though, yes, bombs do get sent in the mail, mm. I think it would have been something that would have just been that little bit too far removed. Was it
1: around that time of the of the... Who was the dude? Was it the Unabomber? The
0: Unabomber. It would have been a few years after, but yeah, it's like, like it would have been very present, yeah. I think, around that time period. But even even then. But he was sending
1: it to politicians, not to yeah people that he thought were corrupt. So, yeah, it just wouldn't yeah. have tied in.
0: Yeah. Uh, and while we're on, Dylan Baker, uh, who played the part of Bill, um, he was cast after more well-known actors who were offered the part balked at playing a pedophile. Um, Baker claimed that he easily moved on after the film to other roles with no negative repercussions to his image or career he's in the X-Files mm.
2: yeah well like if you're as talented and amazing as mm. Dylan Baker is you
1: know mm. and he picks lots of risky roles it kind oh, of gave yeah. him the impetus to get those roles like I've said, said before he's in Hunters with my dumb sister but he, <laughs> who I love very much
0: your sister Al Pacino
1: my sister Al, Al Pacino <laughs> My sister Carol Kane. <laughs> um, I and he is phenomenal. He is my favorite. My favorite thing in that whole series.
0: And your sister's in it. And my so that's, sister's in it. So well, nice I,
1: aside from my sister, but he's so funny and so messed up in that as well
2: i actually when when Stephen was asking me if i wanted to um be here for this episode i like did a quick cursory search and i was like oh dylan baker's in it all right yeah i'll watch it yes <laughs> excellent <laughs> yeah that's good i mean he's great i don't
0: think i've seen yeah. enough stuff with him in it but every time every time i've seen him in something i'm like mm-hmm yeah this, he's, this his can... timing
1: is incredible like that there's not a lot of humor in his role in Mm. this as there shouldn't be yeah but he's so good at comic timing that it actually and i think that you know you know they say that skill that comedians make really good dramatic actors and you can see it in that performance i think because his timing is incredible yeah the brushing away of the you know brushing his leg when alan is talking the just the way he delivers his lines you know when he says when he fucks up and says um, Ronald Farber instead of Johnny Grasso, mm. like it's so deadpan. Yeah, Ugh, it's incredible.
0: It is. He he does a really good job. He has an eye twitch in that scene yes. where he, with his son, where like the eye just spasms a bit, and it's like, yep, oh, he's very good at this. Oh. Um, yeah, he he was. He was ex- exactly the right choice. I'm mm. glad those cowards turned it down. He was he was great. He he. It says a lot
1: about Hollywood, I think, as well. When you yeah,
0: know. I mean that said though, I mean we we act. We we've we've mm. acted in things. I don't know. I would be comfortable playing that character. I I don't know that I'd be comfortable playing 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 a pedophile in anything really. Um, but part of that is because i I would be concerned about how it was written, even if it was mm. something as well written as this. I think my concern would actually be about my ability to be honest, because I think it's it it is really really tricky um you
1: are right though isn't that you talk about the writing as well like the trust that everyone has to have for each other on mm. a on a film set like this mm. there is i mean is it there's kids involved as well in this yeah. as well like um, there must have been an incredible set of people to create that.
0: Yeah. And even, you know, um, uh, Rufus Reed who plays Billy Maplewood, mm. like, that kid can act. And, like, that's not oh, an easy yeah. thing as, like, a, a, I presume he'd be somewhere between the age of, like, 11 and 13. Mm. Like, being asked to, like, all right, you're going to play this kid whose father, like, rapes his friend. And then the funny thing at the end of the film is you're going to ejaculate for the first time in your life, and then a, a dog's gonna lick it up, and like yeah. you, like
1: yeah. When how old was he when he got to see that film? Yeah, like my daughter mm-hmm. was in an ABC series called Fuck oh, yeah. when she was seven, mm. which is about it has very it's very funny. It's a black comedy, questionable content, but she's eleven now. She's not watching this thing mm. <laughs> that. I signed her up for <laughs> until she's eighteen mm. because, but when we were on set, that was the thing. So, having having had that experience of having a kid on set in that in that place, mm. she wore earplugs when any content was around that was unsuitable. Right? Um they they had shirts that had like swear words all over them, and they covered up all of the swear so anything mm. um, anything that was like that. And I um, I swear around. With her, with her a lot say because mm. she likes. I, I
0: was swearing with you, not I was at swearing you. Swearing with you, <laughs> yeah.
1: I wasn't swearing. Um, every single thing, every bit of content that um, that was not s- suitable, potentially suitable, was kept away from her. Mm. Um, I wonder if they would do the same thing, and like, how would they? How maybe they shot some of the scenes, but I don't know if yeah. they could.
0: Yeah, and like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they did it, but. I mean, my my impression as a viewer was, I I believed that relationship. Yeah. I, I think that that relationship between the two bills, Bill and Billy, is like, and the fact that the last shot of them together is them crying oh. in the living room, and like, I, um, I'm just, but I believe them both. I believe them both. Yeah. And it's devastating.
1: There's so I just there's so many layers. Mm. I hope you do get. I hope you do watch it again and again, and just because I think that's what. Excites me about watching it now.
0: Yeah, um, are you satisfied then, Tegan, As this was your, I'm so relieved.
1: Period? I'm so relieved. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it was well received. I'm glad we got to watch it. I'm actually yeah. really glad. It's so exciting to talk about it as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, all that remains for us then is to score this film. Brad, you get to go first because it was your first time watching Happiness. What score would you give it out of ten? Oh
2: Oh, out of ten. Yeah, I was thinking out of five this whole time. Just, up, just double it. Just double it, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I would probably give it a good eight and a half tuna sandwiches <gasps> out of ten. Mm. <laughs> Careful, it's going to make You're you throw up. Sleepy. This was, um,
0: actually that film had a lot of vomiting. Now I think about it, I don't know that I've watched a film with that much vomiting since maybe like
1: Guest House parodies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, or I was going for Team America, World Police in the, <laughs> in the alleyway. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but now there was quite a lot of vomiting in this mm. film. It was it was good though, and yeah, eight and a half. Um, a, a very well made film. Uh, what about yourself, then, Tegan?
1: Hmm. I, I'm gonna give it nine dead tamagotchi's out of ten. Oh.
0: I forgot about that. Um, Why is Timmy so sad? His Tamagotchi his died.
1: Tamagotchi died. Not the fact that <laughs> all of this stuff has happened. No, it's his Tamagotchi. But when he's leaving the house, did you, did you hear that? You know, before the six months later. Yeah. He's going, my Tamagotchi, my Tamagotchi. <laughs> so great! I uh, love that kid.
0: Yeah. It's so fantastic. Yeah. Not enough Timmy, guys. My Tamagotchi. Yeah.
1: Um. Yes, I. It's epic. It's intense. I, I, I would struggle to give it 10 only because of how it makes me feel after watching it. Yeah. Um, a 10 out of 10 film for me is the Muppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> or the merger
0: or, you know. Mm. Yeah, films that films that at the end you can kind of go, ah, oh, yes. I guess a little bit. Yeah, this, yeah. this film you, you get no catharsis. No. The only catharsis you get is... An eleven-year-old kid wanking off yeah. on a balcony, jizzing that's... on a
1: jizzing on a pole, <laughs> and
0: then a dog eating it. That's
1: kissing his <laughs> kissing his
0: mum. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: they're the little. I think they put those little things in there. That make you go, oh, that's your little bit of gross humour that yeah. pays off. I'm glad it ends on a little bit of filth.
0: Yeah. But you, oh god, that's that's the thing. I I know. I've got to I've got to score this. Look, it's it's a great film. Um, Did I enjoy watching it? Yes. But did I enjoy it? No. no. Because it is not there to be enjoyed. It is
2: there to be...
0: With
1: it's an it. experience. It's, yeah.
2: And I think... I'd say it's designed to be confronting.
0: It is confronting. Yes. I feel very confronted. Unapologetically. It. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And you know what? It, But I don't feel cheated by how it confronted no. me. I don't think it did like cheap confrontation. I don't think it did something where I went, ah, boo, like at the end, or, you know, that kind of thing. I feel as though it's a story that has been incredibly well told. I think it's, I think it's amazingly performed. And I mean, one of the things I was looking at is do I think a film like this could have been made any better at the time? I I struggle to think of it. I think it is a bit too long for me. I, I, I feel as though there's certain bits, but that could just be that there's certain bits of the story that aren't quite, vibing with me mm. or that I'm not vibing with them yeah. it also
1: could be a, a choice as well like I, I film like this I hate mm. long films yeah but there's a film like this I wonder if it's part of the choice to add to the bleakness because mm. it, it 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 enhances the, it adds to the style that could just be me trying to Make an excuse for some of the links no the i, I like, no I
0: think that's that's a fair point, like, like I, it's you know. not
1: like hateful Eight or revenant, which yeah. is like can you just stop it like it yeah, this is boring this is it's it, it,
0: like... it's long, but I wasn't sitting there going like, but I want it to end right now, like yes. why are we taking so long? Something new was happening each time, and the tension mm. it particularly in the scenes with bill when he's he when he starts yeah like trying to. To like drug his family, and just the the tension for any scene with him from then on was it maybe yeah I think it may be the most tense I felt watching mm. watching a film in a long time yeah. I think it is incredibly well made and I so, just want
1: to say one last thing oh, about the casting yes. about how beautifully cast every they look like sisters yeah they look like their mum mm. and dad. Bill and Billy look like father and son. everyone looks like they belong in that family yeah that is insane to get that mm. those three sisters in particular mm. what it's beautiful like there's the scenes of them together and they've even got they've styled their hair so there's just enough mm. similarities between them but enough differences to show the worlds that they live in yeah um, and they're also petite and I uh, that's really clever.
0: It is incredibly clever. Yeah. And for that reason, and many others, I'm going to give it nine obscene phone calls out of ten. <laughs> I, I think it is... It's, it's a it's a special film. Yes. I, I think it is...
1: Can you do a Stephen <laughs> Platt G-rated version of an obscene phone call?
0: Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just for fun. Um,
0: hmm. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, okay. It'd, it'd be like this. Uh, the phones. Hello? Hello? Hi, I'd quite like to take you for a walk in the park and we're going to go and there's going to be a peanut butter sandwich and I'm not going to check if you're allergic or not and you're going to eat it and we're going to have a good time and the ducks will eat our crumbs. Ding.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. I'm calling the cops. Oh, no. Star 69.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, hello, <please. laughs> oh, hello. on that place? Ah, she's not talking. All right.
1: Uh, go- uh, 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 um... Yeah, he wants to take me to some ducks and um, give them a sandwich. And and I don't have a nut allergy, but I, you know, I find jam very offensive. It's
0: okay, madam. We're on the way. Woo, woo, woo. It's strawberry. You'll never take strawberry. me alive. Strawberry. Brad. <laughs> Deegan. Sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> um. Brad and Tegan thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema catch Club.
1: Thank you for spending my 25th birthday yep, uh, with uh, me. <laughs>
0: podcast birthday. 25th podcast birthday. Podcast birthday, birthday. yeah. yeah. Uh, and Brad, you've got a little bit of time before we get to your 25th, so start, start thinking now.
1: Oh, boy. What would your film be?
2: Um, oh, so there's this film... That I real that I saw recently that I really love. It's called. It's such a beautiful day. Mm. It's an animated film about memory loss, and it is from third person, but very much focusing on the inner workings of the main character who has memory loss. Start to finish, absolute masterpiece. Wow. Like hundred percent. Rate it ten out of ten. Great film.
1: That sounds beautiful.
2: So if you have me here, twenty three more
1: episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, look forward to that review in 2029.
1: Excellent.
0: And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Hey, uh, that was a hell of a film, right? Yeah. If you want to suggest films that we should watch, because sometimes we ask you, the audience as well, what you'd like to watch, you can head over to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ccucpodcast and you can leave suggestions there for films that you'd like to see us review. Uh, You can also vote on some of those films at Facebook. That's right, we make some polls, we let you vote, that's how democracy works Uh, and you get to pick the film there. Just go to our Facebook page, search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club, give it a like, you'll get updates each and every week. And of course, make sure you are subscribed. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, they're all there. Use them. If there's another platform, use that as well. We're, we're, We're easy. We, we, you know, wherever you can find us, please listen. Where is convenient, but that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.